Hello, and welcome back to Old New Borrowed and Blues, a podcast about songwriting. I'm your host, Jack Summers. Each episode, I'm joined by a songwriter to chat about their process, inspirations, and life making music. Along the way, they play four songs. An old song, a new song, a cover song, and the saddest song they've ever written. This month's guest is Chester Holmes. I first met Chester last year when the nonprofit I was working for at the time built an accessible ramp for his daughter, Sam. Chester and I instantly hit it off, and I brought my mandolin to the job site, so we jammed together for a few hours as we chatted about life and music. Since then, I've kept in touch with Chester, and we've jammed a few more times, and, and every time I go there, Chester always has new songs and stories to share. This time was no different, so please enjoy my conversation with Chester Holmes and this song, The Lord Loved a Sinner. Praise the Jesus. 
That rod and that staff, they comfort me. The Lord loves the sinner. Sinner like me. All right, that was The Lord Loved a Sinner by Chester Holmes. Chester, welcome to the Old New Bard and Blues podcast. Thanks, Jack. It's good to be here. It's, you know, we've been sort of planning to do this for a little while. Yeah. <laughs> and finally, our schedule's caught up to each other. So, yeah, it's a pleasure. Yeah, I'm I'm so happy to be back from uh, my little hiatus, and I'm, I'm happy to, to finally get to come out here and do this with you. And, cool. Uh, you were you were one of the the first people I had in mind for the podcast, and uh, I'm I'm glad I finally worked worked my way back. Um, so so let's hop into it and and talk about songwriting beginnings. Okay. Uh, when did you start writing songs? What made you want to start writing songs? Mm-hmm. Hmm. Wow, that's a good question. First of all, let me thank you before I forget, uh, because it really means a lot to be on your podcast, to be on your show. I like you. We haven't known each other a fiercely long time, but I, I think our souls know one another. Yeah. Something like that. Something like okay. that. Okay. So what happened was when I was a young man, uh, this is before I met my beloved wife. Um, by the way, she passed almost three years ago. I should mention that. And she is was the love of my life, Cookie. Her name was Refufia. And uh, her dad named her Cookie when she was uh, just a baby. So back to the beginning, uh, I had a girlfriend when I was 18 who played guitar and uh, harmonica. And I was fascinated by the fact that a person could actually make music. I'd never been exposed to live music or anyone making music. No one in my family made music. And so it was totally foreign to me. And she was extremely good at it. Um, She was a tiny little thing from Rhode Island. And uh, she could play that guitar rhythmically very well. And she had a wonderful, beautiful voice. And I was amazed. And so when we broke up, (laughs) I decided I wanted to learn to do that. And so I got a guitar and um, a little basic chord book. And I started learning chords. And that's the musical part of it. The writing part began when I was about 15. I had an English teacher. Her name was Jill Mann. This was in Maryland. And um, I was painfully shy and I had no self-esteem. I was like just, I was a mess. (laughs) So so Miss Mann said, I want you to bring me up. She said, do you write? I said, no. She said, well, you're going to start writing. This was English class. She said, I want you to bring me a poem every day. Wow. Dude, that was crazy. She said, I don't care how long it is. It can be four lines. I want you to write something. Every-. She didn't say poem. She said, I want you to write something and bring it to me every day. That's where it started. Wow. Yep. That was where the seed was planted. 
And uh, like I said, no one in my family exhibited any kind of music or artistic abilities or talents. And I think it's just because they never looked for them or tried to develop them. But I did. Mm-hmm. Um, I started combining the music with the words about or right away as soon as I started playing. As soon as I learned three chords, I was on my way. Yeah. And it's been... It's been a journey ever since. Now, did you share the songs you wrote with people right away, or were they they kind of just for you for a while? they were for me, mostly. I shared them with people who I really trusted, because I knew I wasn't a very good guitar player, and I knew I wasn't a a good singer, and you'd throw the harmonica into that mix, and I was no good at three things. (laughs) So (laughs) I only played in front of people I I trusted, and... um, as time went on, I got more confidence, and I started playing in front of other people. And, and that's kind of how that went. I thought I had something. Look, I started writing these words because they were words I felt. Mm-hmm. I felt. And words about things that scared me, about things I loved, about things that I desired, about things I wanted no part of, about good, about evil, about the light and the dark about pretty and ugly. I wanted to write about all these things in life that we all go through. And so I started putting it all together. And um, I got to be honest with you, I write mostly because it's given to me. These words are given to me Mm -hmm. from, I believe, a place I know nothing about. But if in singing these songs, because they help me, so if, if in singing these songs, they can help someone else, even one person, then I've done my job Right. as an artist, as a human being. I've done my job, and I'll keep doing that one person at a time. Yeah, I, I totally get that and, and relate to that, yeah. and uh, I'm happy that, that you've shared your songs with me. I, I've, I've seen the, the massive binder of songs that you have, mm-hmm. and... Uh, over the years, and uh, you've compiled a, a impressive body of work. We we have a catalog for yeah. My for daughter anyone. Sam and I. Sam is my producer, and uh, she's my daughter. It's just me and her. We take care of each other. I say it's just me and her. We have other relatives. Some we associate with. Some we don't. And um, Sam and I started this after her mom passed. Um, we started. We got some basic recording equipment. I had an old Casio. And we have a dining room. That's all we needed to start. And we had to learn from scratch how to operate everything. (laughs) It was tough, man. But it was worth it because now about a year and a half later, we have a catalog of approximately 175 songs. Yeah. So, and I'm not bragging. It's just that that's how strong the emotion was. That's how strong the desire was for me to get these feelings out. Yeah. Let's let's circle back a little bit and, right. and talk about uh, The Lord Loved a Sinner in yeah. particular. Yeah. Uh, how long ago were you when this song came into your life? And uh, This song was written in 2001. So, what, 21 years ago? Am I doing my math right? 
Jack is <laughs> Jack is thinking. I, it's very simple. Man. Trust I, me. I think. Yeah. Let's just trust each other on this, Jack. Right. <laughs> so, so this song came to me like 21 years ago. I was lost, and I was, I felt alone, lost. I felt like I was in a very dark place. And one night when I was at work, um, I heard a program on the radio that I listened to every night. And it led to a complete change in my spirituality. I had an experience that it would take too long to share with you or your audience. But I will just say this. It transformed my life. It transformed me spiritually into the person I am now. And I had a biblical experience. Let's just say that. And your imagination can go wherever you want it to. Mm-hmm. But it was an experience of biblical proportions in an office in Odessa, Texas at 6.15 in the evening. Now, you ask me how I remember that so precisely? Yeah. Because it changed my life. You don't forget dates that change your life. Mm-hmm. You don't forget experiences that change your life. And so this song is about what happened to me that evening. And, you know, I was changed. I was changed by adopting, gripping onto a belief that I previously did not have. Yeah, and, and since then, um, I feel like it's it's a it's somewhat a theme that that's worked its way through. It's in everything I do. Everything you do. It's in everything I do. I can't help it. I will try to write a song about eating a bacon sandwich, mm-hmm. and somewhere in there, spirituality is going to come in. Are you thankful for that bacon sandwich? Yeah. You see what I'm saying? It's going to come in somewhere. It's ingrained in me now, and I am not sorry about it. I hope I take this belief the rest of my life while I'm here, and then I also hope I take this belief with me when I leave here. Mm -hmm. And that's, you know, so. Well, then, see, there's there's the word right there. See, (laughs) right on time, a a little signal. Anyway... Yeah, that's that's what that song's about. So why did you uh, choose this particular song? Were there songs before this one, and this one is is about a, a this song is me. Yeah. If you want to know something about who I am, this is one of the songs. This is one of the key mark songs you want to listen to. Mm-hmm. Instead of you know, it's me, and that's what that's what the thing is about this song. It's not the oldest song I've ever written, but it is an old song. 2001, 21 years ago. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I feel like what I wrote about me in this song, The Lord Love the Sinner, stands true today. It has stood the test of time. Yeah. I wasn't just some guy going off half cocked, going, Oh, Lordy, Lordy, thank you, Jesus. Mm-hmm. I, that was not me. I, my belief goes much deeper. Not that there's anything wrong with saying, Lordy, Lordy, I love Jesus. No, they ain't, no, no, no. Yeah. <laughs> That's fine, too. Anyway. That's the Lord loved a sinner. I was the sinner in question at the time. And, and you know, you hopefully you move on past that mm-hmm. and you find out who you really are. And you find out who you want to be. I didn't want to be a sinner. And I, so since that time, I've spent my life attempting not to be a sinner. Mm. So. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Uh, I think we're at a, a good moving on point. So let's uh, let's hear another song from Chester Holmes, a new song called All Sold Out. 
devil's minion on my left shoulder. God's angel on my right. They can't get along, no how. They always seem to want to fight in this world of confusion. I'm just another man. Oh, it's easy 
That was a new song from Chester Holmes called All Sold Out. Chester, Mm. what's changed since uh, the first song you played for me and uh, this new song you've played for me? Oh, what's changed since the time of the Lord Loved the Sinner until the time of the song? Yeah. Um, there uh, There was about... And I say this song is new, first of all. It's not new like I wrote it last week. Mm-hmm. I wrote it a few years ago, but no one's really heard it. So that makes it new, right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so from the time the Lord Loved the Sinner was given to me to All Sold Out, wow. Man, uh, everything has happened. It's been like a, a, a whole lifetime. Now, when you ask the question, are you asking what's happened in my life? Are you asking what made the music change or how it's changed? What are you asking me, Jack? <laughs> I'm, I'm uh, in a broad sense, I, I suppose, um, everything. Okay. But, uh, All right. Yeah. Let, me, let me try to put everything into... Um, it's a tough question. It is a tough question, but the thing is, it's still... The, the Lord loved the sinner, all sold out. The themes are basically still the same, which is don't be a sinner. If you lose your soul... It may, and I don't know, it may be because you are a sinner and you refuse to be anything else. Um, I don't know, man. I'm a, Look, I write the words that are given to me. All I can tell you for sure is All Sold Out is about still making choices, still making decisions about who you want to be. Opening line, the devil's minion on my left shoulder, God's angel on my right. Okay, that pretty much, okay. So I think we're always struggling with that question about who we are spiritually, maybe right up till the very end and hopefully not till the end. Hopefully you figure things out before then. And and that's what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to, the guy who originally wrote The Lord Loved the Sinner is, is still trying to grapple with everyday things, temptation, um, you know, the things we do wrong, manipulation, control, still grappling with the good things too. But these songs are primarily about the darker side and getting a, getting a grip on it, getting a hold, and not being judgmental about it too. Like the song says, we shake a head at others thinking we see clear, finding wrong in everyone else except the one in the mirror. I've never been perfect, never claimed to be perfect, well, maybe I did when I was young and stupid, but I got over that pretty fast. I, look, man, nobody's perfect, but we, you can try to do your best. Yeah. That's what I'm doing. Yeah. That's all, that's all you can do. And trying to set an example. Yeah. Trying to set an example for those around me, because it's easy to say you believe in something. It's harder to live it out. Right. You know, hypocrisy is not something I want to walk around with, so... So, so talk to me a, a little bit about your, your writing process. Um, wow. Where, where, does it, where does it come from? Um, I, I know you... Uh, like every writer should tell you, uh, 
I have no idea where it comes from. Yeah. I, I have absolutely no. I can try. I can. I can say where I think it comes from, but I don't know that to be a fact. Mm-hmm. I think it comes from the ether. I think it comes out of. Oh my God! I'm going to start to sound like a 1968 hippie. I think it comes from the universe, man. Mm-hmm. I think there's a there's a bigger force at work in in existence in our lives, and I think if you open up to it, you can you can be told stuff. Mm-hmm. Things can be revealed to you, and I think I get my songs from a uh, you know the quote unquote higher power. Let's just say it. I think I get it from God. I think. The, the the feelings come from God. Um, the words, of course, I have to write down, but I think I'm just a uh, translator of uh, maybe what we're supposed to be thinking about. Yeah, I'm glad I said it that way. Mm. But um, I don't really know where it comes from. I can be a, I can be almost asleep at night, and a phrase or a thought just pop into my head and I'll try to go to sleep and it won't go away. I did that one night for a half hour Yeah. before I finally got up and said, okay, I'm going to write it down. And it turned into one of my best songs. It wouldn't go away. There are so many things that float through my head musically, well, lyrically. There are so many things that float through my head and I can't hold on all of them Mm -hmm. because I'll be, I'll be sitting here, um, you know, just working on a song and another thought or phrase will come in and you can't, what am I going to do? Stop what I'm working on and work on the new thing. No. So you lose things sometimes you lose words and stuff, but when they come at me, I try to grab them and hang on to them. I think it just comes from one's experience. Mm -hmm. It just comes from your experience. Some people say, I can't write. I couldn't. Well, you could write. It might not be very good, but yeah. you, you can write. Everyone has experiences. So that's all I'm doing is putting down experiences that I'm sure probably just about everyone else goes through. I've just been gifted with the ability to write it down. Yeah. To document it. So I, I think um, something somewhat unique in your, your songwriting process, correct me if I'm wrong, is that you, you live with... Uh, Someone, Sam, mm-hmm. who is currently listening to the uh, interview, who who you can bounce ideas off of, I do, and uh, kind of collaborate with. Do you I want do. do you want to talk a little bit about <clears throat> um, kind of the the partnership you guys have formed together? It was natural. It was nothing we had to actually form. It was already there. Yeah, it just had to be developed. Um, Sam is a musicologist. Um, Sam knows so much about music. She's been learning about music since she was like a year old. Mm-hmm. Her mom and I used to play music for her. All kinds of music. All kinds of music. And so Sam has a love of just about every, I'd say all kinds of music. She might not like every opera, but I bet you she could find one or two she likes, mm-hmm. for example. Um, country, not a huge fan, but she doesn't dislike <laughs> it. She can find country music she likes. Yeah. So Sam knows music, and I rely on that. We can reference stuff going way back. I'll say, well, Sam, you know, this kind of sounds like that thing that um, uh, the Beatles did on this one song. And she'll say, yeah, it kind of does, and we'll talk about it. Or she'll say, well, I have." She last week she gave me an idea for a song. And it was like, I was scared. <laughs> uh-huh. <laughs> she wanted to write this song 
but she had to explain it to me. You ever, you ever, ever tried, have you ever tried to explain to someone how to write what you feel? It'd be like you saying to me, it'd be like, like Jack saying to Chester, Chester, I have an idea for a song. It's about being happy and sad at the same time. Mm-hmm. It's about ha- having a girl, but losing her and then getting her. It, my head would explode, but because I love Sam and I know she has great ideas, we worked on it mm-hmm. for like an hour and a half. We worked on the whole idea of her song, and by golly, by the time by golly, <laughs> by the time <laughs> I was, I'm sorry, I'm turning into 1955. <laughs> by the time we were done with the song, it was so cool. It was such a wonderful song. And, you know, she she can't write things down, and she doesn't play any instruments, but she can sure explain things well. Mm-hmm. We were able to write a song simply by her explanation of how she wanted the song to be. If, if Sam says something sounds bad, I immediately may not take her word for it, but we'll talk about it, and she's usually right. Mm-hmm. She's got a good ear for music. So if she says pops that really doesn't sound good it's gone yeah it's gone it's gonna have both of our this music we're putting out into the world has both of our imprint as far as i'm concerned my name may be on everything or most everything but sam's she's right there yeah she's one of the reasons i do this she's one of the reasons i do this right because it's something we can share our love of music and uh her mom loved music Mm-hmm. And uh, there's so much. Like, her mom was part Mexican, part American. She lived, you know, born and raised in America, but her the Mexican part of her was strong. And she exposed me to a lot of Norteño music and mariachi music and ranchero music. And I'm like, wow, you know, um, oh, what's cumbia? I mean, mm-hmm. you know, all kinds of stuff I had never even heard of. And so uh, Sam and I try to bring... Look, between the music the two of us have heard, we can we can, we can can uh, do, like, stylistically just about anything. Yeah. We have reggae songs and we have other types of music we write. So that was a long answer, wasn't it? <laughs> no, it, it, was, it was good, though. Okay. Uh, so, so talk to me a little bit more about... Um, what what you and Sam are, are currently working on and, and wow. how how that started uh, this this giant um, recording process and 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 big project you guys have undertaken. Well, after her mom passed, we really didn't have a lot to do. I stopped working a regular job, and Sam and her mom were best friends, and so Sam lost a best friend. And so music became a way for us to spend time together, something we both loved. And music became um, a healing thing. So we started out recording one song. (laughs) We started out saying, you know, please let us record this one song. Because I was very shaky on the equipment, the technology part of it. And I asked lots of people and lots of people didn't help me. That's cool. So I learned it myself the old-fashioned way, made lots of mistakes. Finally, we learned to record a song. Mm. We were on our way. We were on our way. We were recording every day for at least six months. Every day. 
I don't know many professionals who do that. Mm-hmm. Record every day, unless you're getting paid for it. So we got pretty good at what we do. We and we our our philosophy was all our songs we're going to build in a very organic and primal way. We are working with low tech. We're going to keep it low tech. We're going to thrive in that. We're going to roll around in it. We're going to get the mud all over us of raw, basic, primary technology. Yeah. That's going to be our stamp. And if someone wants to say, oh, I heard that skip, or oh man, that drum doesn't sound real good, I don't care. Yeah. It's music. It's easy to criticize stuff. It's easy to tear stuff apart. Evidently, it's hard for some people to just sit, be quiet, and listen. Mm. Or listen and dance around. Yeah. <laughs> Either way, it works for me. But when all you do is criticize someone's effort, you know, it's not a good thing to do. Mm-hmm. So Sam and I, we've decided we don't care about that. We don't care what kind of good, bad, indifferent feedback. We're going to put the music out. Right. It's that simple. We're going to put the music out. We came up with an idea to do um, several different projects that will keep us busy for years. One was to do a, a project based on my, my life, about 10 songs that would basically tell about my life up to this point. Now, that's a hard thing to write down. Mm-hmm. I've written one song. We need 10. I could use the stuff we already have, but that's not, that's cheating. Mm-hmm. I want songs, new songs. So we got that project, and we also, we've, got, we've been going back, and we got a bass guitar recently. So we've been adding electric bass to some of the stuff we previously recorded. Uh, we're always, you know, I'm always writing new stuff, and um, we love to experiment, you know. Percussion can be a beer can. Ain't nothing wrong with that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I have a peanut can here. Let me show you this, Jack. Let me show you this peanut can. See the top of that peanut can? Yeah. The plastic lid? It's been beaten with a drumstick <laughs> for percussion. So, you know, we don't need to spend a whole lot of money to do what we do. And people are either going to like it or they're not going to like it. Right. You can go into the most expensive studio in the world and record your stuff. People are either going to like it or they're not going to like it. Mm. Pretty basic. That's what I always try to think of. Hey, either they're going to like it or they're not. Exactly. But that's not going to stop me from doing it. I'd make music, and uh, I'll try to speak for Sam. Sam, you yell or something if I'm wrong. But I would make music right here at home, just the two of us, if mm-hmm. it came to that. That's it. You know? So, as far as projects, we're always working on stuff. I'll just put it that way. We're like Andy Warhol. We're always working on stuff in the factory. Yeah. You know? So, it's hard to pin down any one particular thing. Uh, we also, at some point, want to incorporate some of my artwork into uh, the music thing. Mm. So, I don't know, if, can I say that we have music on SoundCloud? Yeah, I mean, we'll, we'll get to that, but... Okay, uh, yeah. yeah, I can wait. But yeah, so so when you ask about projects we're doing, it's hard to nail down a specific, because we're always doing something. Right. Yeah. All right. And, and I'm, I'm glad that you are. It's been, uh, you know, great to, to show up here 
uh, whenever I do, and there's always new ideas and new songs coming out of here. So I, I, I love that. Um, we do love the occasional jam session with you. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's always a treat when you come by, and we can, we can just, you know, I, I have stylistically different things, and you are fearless. You'll just jump right in and, you know, and jam right along. I like that. Yeah. Um, all right, so let's uh, move on to the cover the borrowed song, I Shall Be Released, originally by Bob Dylan. They say everything can be replaced Yet every distance is not far So I remember Every face of every man who could take I see my light come shining from the western to the east, and it did not. They say every man needs protection They say that every man must fall Yet I swear I see my reflection Someplace so high above this wall Come shining from the west unto the east. Any day now, any day now, I shall be released. Now yonder standing in this long crowd a man who swears he's not to blame all day long I hear his voice shouting so loud crying out crying out that he was frail but I see my light come shining From the west unto the east Any day now Any day now I shall be released That was I Shall Be Released originally by Bob Dylan Yes indeed Covered by Chester Holmes. Mr. Zimmerman. Mr. Zimmerman, I presume. Yeah, Bob Dylan. Yeah. So, so Chester, tell me a little bit about um, your influences as a songwriter and, and what other artists you, you listen to. Well, first of all, I was hoping you would not ask me that question. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, um, because my influences are, are, are wide, man. I mean, we can go anywhere from... Uh, 
Sons of the Pioneers, mm. to Howlin' Wolf, to Tom Petty and the Heartbreakers, to uh, Hank Williams, Sr. and Jr., <laughs> Jimmy Rogers, the Carter family, uh, James Brown, Prince, um, Michael Jackson. I mean, my influences are, are vast. I yeah. first got turned on to music when I was about 12. Here's the story. We just moved to a house about a half a mile from Washington, D.C. I grew up in the sticks of Maryland, so this was a whole new experience. At night, and because I had no friends, because my mom didn't ha want me hanging out with the bad suburban kids, <laughs> I started listening to the radio every night. Every night when everyone would turn in, usually around midnight. There was a guy I listened to from midnight to six on a good night. His name was Kevin James. He read poetry on the air. No one did that. Mm. So I started listening to music <clears throat> and, and radio chatter every night. And it just got me to a place where it was like an escape for me. This music. And he, it was a top 40 station, so I heard all kinds of music. And if I got real bold at night, I could switch to AM and I could pick up stations just far, far away. Mm. So that's kind of where the, the whole musical genesis started when I was 12. Now, before that, like when we lived in the country, my grandma used to listen to gospel on the AM radio. Gospel would come out of Annapolis, Maryland. Every Sunday, she'd listen to it. And my aunt, on the same radio, which used to make my grandma angry, would put on stuff like Rufus Thomas and James Brown and, you know, the soul music, you right. know, yeah. Motown and Stax and Decca and all that stuff. So once I got exposed to that, and then along the way, I met people who exposed me to different music. Folk music I got ex exposed to when I was in college. Didn't know too much about folk music. So, you know, it's, it's, um, my influences are many. I named a bunch of them. Yeah. And there's a bunch more. Um, I'm trying to think of who really, I don't know. I just like it all. Uh, Sam and I both believe music shouldn't be really put into categories. Mm -hmm. We think if you like music, it's allowed to like all kinds of music, but people get so fierce defending their kind of music. Yeah. It it just gets stupid, pardon my language. It's like, why can't we like it all? Do I have if if I like <clears throat> if I like Little Big Town, can I not like Rhiannon? Mm -hmm. You can. No, you can't. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can, but yeah. some people don't like it too much, and that's how we get you know crazy categories of music, Americana. To me, it's just, I mean, look, and I'm going to make some people mad here, but Americana is, is the same stuff that the Carter family was doing. Mm -hmm. They didn't call it Americana. They didn't even have a name for it. The guy who recorded them gave it a name. To them, it was just music. Mm -hmm. So that's where we're coming from. Yeah. So, so why do you choose to play this song in particular? Uh, I Shall Be Released? Yeah. Uh, I like the basic premise of what it says, because I think someday we all shall be released. And you can put whatever connotation or meaning 
that you want onto that. Mm-hmm. But I think there's a certain uh, point in our existence where we're released from what we know. And I'll just leave it there. That's why I like that song. And of course, I like Bob Dylan. He was one of, he's one of the people on my list that I didn't mention, influences. Of course, if you listen to me for two seconds, you'll hear some Bob Dylan in there. Right. Um, but, you know, you can slam that on most people who have a guitar and a harmonica and sing. Right, yeah. You know, we're, all of a sudden, we're all Bob Dylans. <laughs> he's the new Dylan. No, he's not the new Dylan. He's not. He's whoever he is or she is. Mm-hmm. You know, stop it. Let's stop putting that burden on people. Because you ultimately you fail when people call you the new Dylan. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's there's only one. There's only one. Yeah. You know? Is there a, is there going to be a new prince? Probably not. No. Yeah. You know. So, I just try to be me. My influences show quite plainly if you want to if you want to go down that road and pick apart my influences and see <clears throat> it's pretty easy to do by listening to my music, but if you can get past that and start listening to the words, I think you might get something out of it. Mm-hmm. You know, there's only so many chords. Somebody's going to sound like somebody. Right. So let's stop that. So, so what things um, outside of music do you think influence you in, in your songwriting? Uh, Everything I see socially. Yeah. Yeah, you know, being a a man of advanced age and being a man of color as well, I've seen a lot. Mm -hmm. People, we take so lightly age and a person's age. Uh, if If you're over a half a century, if you're over 50, first of all, you should you should stop and think about who you are. And and hopefully you're somebody good and cool. And hopefully other people can look at you as a person who is getting older and give you the respect too. I think because of where I grew up, when I grew up, and the things I've seen, I think um, politics plays into my music a lot. And uh, I think injustice is a theme that just won't go away. I just, right. I just don't... I, I don't like injustice. I don't like people being treated unfairly. The haves and the have-nots exist more now than ever before. I think there are more people who have not than there are people who have. That's been proven. Mm -hmm. And so we have nots, you know, we have to um, see things around us to protect ourselves and our loved ones and the have-nots have to say, look, we're all have-nots, and we have to stop being used as pawns by politicians and the media and stuff like that. We have to stop letting ourselves be used. Hmm. Look, man, we're all pretty much the same. I think. Yeah. I don't think there's much difference. We all want the same things for our kids. You know, if we got kids, we, we love our families the same pretty much. So, kumbaya. Yeah. I'm just saying, dude. I'm just saying, you know. But, uh, yeah, so politics, the social scene, personal relationships, mm. big influence in my music. Um, if you have 
wronged me or someone I love, you're going to turn up in a song. <laughs> Trust me. Yeah. It may not be obvious who you are. Sometimes it's obvious. I, I will use names. I, I don't care. Mm -hmm. But most of the time, you're, you're not really going to know who it is unless you're in that scenario. You're involved somehow. But yeah, personal relationships are everything. And then I think because personal relationships are everything, and I write about those, I think it makes um, my songs universal. Mm. That's just my opinion. Yeah. Who hasn't been hurt by a, um, a boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife? Mm -hmm. Who hasn't been hurt by a grandparent who left them out of the will? <laughs> who hasn't been loved by the aunt that no one else likes? Yeah. You know what I mean? We all got a story. There's a million stories, man. So I just try to connect with some of those stories and put a little everything in there. In my music, my words are mishmash of stuff. Um, either you like it or you don't. It's, that's it. You Either you like it or you don't. Yeah. So. And, and, and for the record, I, I do very much, I do very much like it. Um, Thanks, I, Jack. I, I do want to know what, what draws you to other people's music as somebody mm. who has uh, such like broad influence you know what draws me to other... You said other people. You mean people I know or people I like here on the radio? Okay, look. Here's the deal. With people I know, like you, for example, what draws me to your music is you. Hmm. I like Jack Summers. If I didn't like Jack Summers, I wouldn't even listen to his music. Right. I don't have time. I'm a busy man. <laughs> but if I like Jack Summers, and I've talked to Jack Summers, and I know Jack Summers has something to say, I'm going to listen to his music. Mm-hmm. And there's a bunch of people who make music who I really am not interested in what they have to say. It's that simple. I'm discriminating in my music listening. If, if, look, I'm not a huge rap fan, but if you're good, I will listen to you. Mm -hmm. But I'm not going to listen to something just because it's rap or just because it's country or just because it's Americana. Something has to be a magnet, and what the magnet is for me is the person making the music. It's the same thing on a bigger scale. Although it's a little more dicey because I have no idea what Neil Young is like. Mm -hmm. But I do like his music. And I have for a long time. Yeah. And I haven't heard that he's a jerk. Now, if I ever were to hear Neil Young was a jerk, <laughs> I probably would stop listening to his music. Not that Neil Young cares or gives a damn. Yeah. But I would. I've just, you know, a couple artists in recent, very recent years have come across as not nice people. Mm-hmm. I stopped listening to their music. Really? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, it, it may sound stupid, but hey, I have a right not to listen to someone. Yeah. And it is, at, at the end of the day, it, it is a person making music. It is a person. Yeah. Hopefully. Yeah, definitely. <laughs> Although in some cases, it is a corporation making music. Right. It is yeah. not a person anymore. So, anyway. Um... Yeah, influences are are many, many, many. It's hard to sit here and actually list uh, that sort of thing because there are a lot of things that influence me. Um, as a person, first of all, mm -hmm. that's before we even get into writing or playing music. As a person, be because I put myself as a person before anything. And, you know, I don't get paid to do this, right. make music. <laughs> I do it because I love it. Awesome. So up next we have The Blues, a sad song from Chester. 
called Last Ounce of Soul. Staring at the wall 
That was Last Ounce of Soul by Chester Holmes. Chester, let's let's talk about sad songs. Mm. Do you do you find yourself writing a lot of sad songs? Depends on your definition of sad. Mm. Um, but let me just keep it simple. Yeah, I write a lot of sad songs. <laughs> I'm not gonna I'm not gonna lie about it. Mm-hmm. Uh, some people would probably find my music too much. But you write about what you know about. Mm-hmm. I've seen a lot of sadness. I'm not saying I've experienced any more than anybody else, but I've seen it. Mm-hmm. And I know some of the things that lead to sadness. And so I write songs to just put a magnifying glass on that and say, look, it's okay to be sad. It's all right. You're, mm-hmm. you're not by yourself. You know? Yeah. I, I don't know what the national suicide rate is but from what i've heard recently it's pretty high among teenagers right dude dude teenagers mm-hmm. just don't want to do this anymore and they probably a lot of them feel like they're all alone mm-hmm. well first of all if you're listening and you have any thoughts like that you're not alone give it some time the things that look blackest today may be gray tomorrow mm. And then eventually that grayness may go away. But if you just decide, nope, I'm done. You never give it a chance to happen. Right. So sadness, yeah, I know sadness. This particular song, it's about a man, it's about a woman, it's about a child. This song is simply about feeling less than, Mm. having no self-esteem, and having everything taken away from you mentally, emotionally. And you're down to your last ounce of soul. Hanging on. Mm-hmm. That's what that song's about. Yeah. So so where in your life were you when this, this song When came I was a young you? man, before I met my beloved Cookie, I was pretty young. This song mostly is from that period when I was in my probably... Well, actually, a long time, from my early teenage years up to my uh, early 20s, I was a very shy and withdrawn, no self-esteem. I was a different person, fundamentally. Mm. And so I'd been in a couple of relationships where the other person just didn't care how I felt. That's what this song is about. The other person not caring how you feel. And you start to feel worthless. You start to feel drained. You start to feel like you got nothing left except one ounce of soul. Mm-hmm. Which is just to play on words because a soul probably weighs much less than an ounce. I don't know how <laughs> much. They've done this scientifically, Jack. They know how much a soul theoretically weighs. Yeah. So anyway, this song has nothing to do with science or measurements of weight. It has to do with being sad and feeling less than. So, yeah. So, so how does it feel uh, writing sad songs about about personal things? It hurts, man. I hate to write sad stuff because it comes from a painful place. Mm. That stuff's not fun to write. That stuff's not something you even want to do. For me, it's therapeutic. For me, it's it's uh, getting it all out. It's like purging. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, that's how I do it by writing it down. If I couldn't write it down, I'd be done. Mm -hmm. Um, this is how I get it out. 
And that's that's why some of it is so doggone sad or personal or hard or whatever. Because you're getting it from my perspective. Right. I'm not pretending this is anyone else's perspective. If someone else can agree with my songs or something I write, great. But if you can't, that's okay, too. This is from my perspective. Write your own song. You know? Mm -hmm. Maybe I'll read it. Maybe I'll listen to it. And maybe it'll help me. So I'm not saying I don't care about other people's opinion. But what I'm saying is this works for me. Mm -hmm. And it has for a long time. Since I was 15, writing stuff down has worked for me. Yeah. It's kept me from going over the edge. It's kept me from perhaps, you know, doing desperate acts of survival or whatever. Writing stuff down has let me function. Yeah, it is, it is extremely uh, therapeutic. Mm-hmm. Um, and if we might use a fancy word, carthetic. Mm. <laughs> is that the word? Carthetic? I don't know the word. Anyway, <laughs> for a writer, I don't know the word. It makes you well. It gets yeah. you better. And yeah. so I like that part of it. Last Ounce of Soul is probably the saddest song I've ever written. Mm. That's how low down I was. I haven't really been there <clears throat> in that exact place since I wrote that song mm. 22 years ago. But uh, I don't, it's not a place I want to revisit. I'll sing the song. I got no problem singing the song. Because I'm hoping somebody's going to hear the song and go, oh, my God, how did he know? Yeah. How did he know? I've had people do that. So, so when, you, when you play this song, it doesn't feel like you're revisiting the feelings. Yeah, per- it does. It does? I put myself into it mm-hmm. emotionally. Uh, I try to dig in and put myself in the song emotionally because... Um, it calls for that. It requires that. And to get the message and, and stuff across, you got to put yourself back there mm. for maybe however long the song is three and a half, four minutes. You got to be there. You got to, when I was, when I, the, the version of this song that played here today, I tried my best to get back into that mindset because it is a desperate, lonely place to be. Mm-hmm. And I want people to know, like I said, you're not alone. Listen, somebody else has felt this way. And the fact that I'm able to write this song and I'm still here tells you there is hope. Right. Because yeah. otherwise, how could I write the song if I were gone? Mm-hmm. So take heart. You know, the sun will rise and you'll have to struggle through tomorrow just like you did today, probably. Mm-hmm. I've had days in my lifetime where... You know, it's been a struggle. Everyone has, man. And if you say you've never had issues with your feelings, I will call you a liar to your face. Mm-hmm. Well, not you, Jack Summers. But <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> if someone were to say that, I'd tell them right to their face, look, you don't need to lie to me, mm-hmm. but you really shouldn't be lying to yourself. Right. So. So uh, how, how often do you do you play this song? Um, is, it, is it... This song? Yeah. Um, the last time I played this song is when we recorded it mm. over a year ago. That's how often I play it. Yeah. I don't particularly like it, to, I don't, look, it's not that I don't like the song. I love the song. I just don't know if a lot of people can take it. Mm. There's a lot of sadness in there. Yeah. Some people, some people can't take it, man. 
yeah, you have to, I mean, definitely read the room a little bit, yeah. but, but also, uh, you know, find the right, the right place and, and time to, exactly. to share it. You can slip this into a set, yeah, but you have to work towards the song. You can't lead off with the song or you'll be playing to an empty room. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the words are pretty, I'm sitting here looking at the words and it's like, I don't like that feeling. Of someone who says, take my heart, I don't use it anymore. Mm-hmm. So, I, I don't, I will sing the song if it helps others. It's, it's, I haven't had a set long enough <laughs> anywhere <laughs> that I can work this song in. Because it's got to be somewhere down on your, your playlist. Mm-hmm. You can't, you can't lead with this song. All right. Well, we've, we've, uh, dove into the sad part but but uh, i always like to end on a happy note mm-hmm. uh and and so so hopefully it's, it's uh some people feel like uh overwhelmed but but i like to ask what what's your happiest music memory because a lot of people have you know a decent amount of them and it's hard to find my happiest musical memory was when i played back in let me get this right it had to have been about 1979. I played a historic theater in San Francisco. Mm. It was part of a, of a talent show, like a songwriting contest. I didn't win, but that's not really why I did it. It was my first big public performance anywhere. Mm-hmm. I looked out and there must have been 500 people. And it was awesome. And I sang my little song, and I forgot some of the lyrics, so I sang the chorus about ten times. (laughs) But it was a rush. And I knew I'd keep writing. Yeah. I knew I had to get better. I knew there were better songs in me. And that's what Sam and I are finding. We're finding songs. We're finding good songs, and we're trying to share them with the world. Some of our songs, look, everything's not last ounce of soul. Mm -hmm. A lot of stuff we're putting out is danceable now the lyrics may be a little heavy or a little intense but you can you can shake your booty to it mm-hmm. you can't uh, we know it's been proven so we put out stuff that makes people feel good and says something you can do both mm-hmm. and then we put out some that's just fun fun songs there's no message nothing we have a polka song it's yeah. called <laughs> everybody polka there's no message in there except Everybody polka. Exactly. <laughs> you know, which is another form of music I like, by the way. Yeah. I like some polka. Reminds me of a, uh, a lot of uh, Mexican music. Mm. So. All right. Well, well, Chester, thank you so, so very much for taking the time to chat with me. Uh, do you want to promote your... Uh, do you, have, do you have any projects you'd like to promote? Your your SoundCloud, your uh... yeah 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 SoundCloud. We have some stuff. We've just started putting out about a couple weeks ago, maybe a couple weeks. Mm. Might only be a week and a half, and we have some stuff on YouTube. Uh, so you can check it out on SoundCloud. Just look for my name, and then on YouTube, go to Story Songs, and you'll probably have to go to a channel. You go through filter, channel, etc. Mm-hmm. I don't really know that I have a link to give right now, but you can check that out. Um, and there's going to be more stuff coming out. 
as time goes on. So please listen. If you like, subscribe and share whatever you do. If you can, if you can give somebody else a link or whatever. That's about it. Sam and I are going to keep doing our thing. Yeah. Awesome. I will. I'll put the links below. All right. But uh, thank you so very much, Chester. Hey, my pleasure. Hi, Jack here. I wanted to thank Chester again for joining me on this month's episode of Old, New, Borrowed, and Blues. It's always a pleasure to go hang out with him and Sam and share songs and stories, and I'm, I'm glad that I got to get this one on tape. So uh, do yourself a favor and go check out Chester's SoundCloud and his TikTok. I'll put links to things in the description of this show. But I just want to say thanks again to Chester and Sam for being such warm and welcoming people and uh, sharing their music with me and and now you. So uh, thank you. As always, if you'd like to check out some of my music, you can find it on all of the streaming platforms under my name, Jack Summers. You can also stay up to date on shows and other news by following me on Instagram at Jack Summers Music or by subscribing to my mailing list at jacksummersmusic.com. Before I go for good now, uh, I, I just want to say how happy I am to be able to do this again. Um, it, it truly is a labor of love. Uh, I don't get paid to do this. I, I do it to lift up other people. Uh, I do it to uh, talk to my friends uh, and learn their stories. Um, in a uh, somewhat formal way. Uh, and, and thank you for listening. Uh, it means a lot, and I'll be back again next month, I promise.